part two of the best values in fantasy football in the year of our Lord 2022 in May, in May, mind you. But we're going to go through them all to let you know who you should be targeting for your drafts because it is never too early to be talking about fantasy football drafts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Ed Birdsell, Jake Simone. Jake, on a scale of one to ten, I know you're not a uh, as big of a ranger guy as I am, but even for a neutral, how awesome was it just seeing the Rangers win in overtime yeah, game seven? I did watch the game. I did watch the game. It was, yeah, wow. Play sounded electric, ready for next series. I mean, what else could we say? We got to be ready. Fuck Carolina. Fuck Carolina. And Artemi Panarin, I was getting ready to chop his head off, but him and Mika Zibanejad, they said themselves. My beautiful, beautiful boys, let's go Rangers. Fuck Carolina. Let's fuck them up. So, as previously mentioned, we are going to be doing, we did best values rounds one to five last week. So, if you missed that episode, go check it out. I think, I believe it's the last episode that is, uh, that's been posted. So, you'll be able to uh, listen to these back to back if you, uh, if you missed that one. But if you, Listen to that one. You're looking for your part two. Well, here's your uh, here's your part two for rounds five plus. So this is just going to be everybody else now is in the pool. I think this is the one where you're going to see a lot more uh, a lot more different opinions that are uh, that are going to be out there. But before we get into, <clears throat> uh, God, I apologize. I'm I st- I'm still di- I was good with the cough, and now after power washing consecutively for the last two days i'm back dying but we have a one quick question as we always do and this comes from taylor jake where where's our guy taylor from life death taxes deep sleeper portland oregon you know i think portland oregon was rooting for the new york rangers last night i think that's why we won yeah, I, I mean, can can you be surprised? No, no. There are no such thing as surprises when it comes to Portland, Oregon. Our location, beautiful place. I'm going to buy a summer home there. So Taylor asks, I've been thinking about implementing the good team only strategy for my drafts this year. How practical is it really to pull off? I think you could swing it if you really – you really emphasize it. I might honestly put in the same strategy myself because I'm doing it. I, I've just had enough of the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, the New York Giants, just ruining everything that I am striving for. And I get caught up with the the volume, the volume, the vo- The way you got to think about it is Packers offense, Chiefs offense, Rams offense. Bucks offense is uh, I'm going doing the hand gesture right now is up here. And the, the offenses that I just listed are down here in terms of scoring opportunities. And what do we always say in fantasy football touchdowns kill. And I think teams in those particular offenses will have more opportunities to score. And obviously the volume will come with more plays is <laughs> so to say, with a better offense than a terrible offense. So I think that's a great strategy to have, but I wouldn't reach on it too much if that makes sense. You can't force it, but if that's how things are falling, 
that's how things are falling. I, I'm not even going to bother repeating what you just said because everything is just so spot on. The only thing that I would add to that, and it's just how I draft, and, and I don't know if um, if you are like that, Jake, or if you're like that, Taylor, but I know the way that I always do it is I just go off of VBD, value-based drafting. I look at what's there. I look at my ranks. And if I see someone that fits that criteria that we are describing, that best team, good team only strategy, then they fit that criteria, then yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go and, and make that selection. If there's a guy within the range of of where I think you know he would go and I'm comfortable taking him that spot, yeah, I would take him. But I think a great example of, of something where you know VBD would come into effect where the good team strategy would go out the window is in, and this is just an example that I'll use. And, and, you know, you actually, we heard this live. So if you actually wanted to go back and listen to the co-own draft that we did, we posted it on here and it was Adam and I, and we had the Deandre Swift debate. That is one of those prime examples where I would say the good team only strategy might have to go out the window because DeAndre Swift was sitting there at 40 some odd overall. And I had him in the twenties in my ranks. It was like the late twenties, like 28, 29, something like that last year in full point PPR. So that was one that I immediately said, you know what, you got to jump on that. And even though he plays for the lions, that value is just too good to pass up. So in that instance, the good team only strat would have to go out the window, but everything that Jake said is a hundred percent correct. It is very doable. You just have to pick and choose your spots. Don't reach, don't get cute because you want to have, you'd rather have, I don't know, let's say um, if I could just pull somebody up here on a shitty team, like, okay, maybe uh, fuck. I'm trying to think of, of someone that's like in the range of, Okay. All right. So you have, say you're up in the 11th round or so, and you're staring down the barrel of having to choose between Garrett Wilson or Russell Gage. You're taking Garrett Wilson over Russell Gage. And I'm not a Garrett Wilson guy, but you are taking Garrett Wilson over Russell Gage because Garrett Wilson there is pretty good value. He'll have more of an opportunity than Russell Gage will long-term. In, in Tampa. To start out, Russell Gage might be great if there is no Godwin for four to six weeks. But that's just that's just an example that I'm that I'm just going to use um, where VBD has to come into effect and you can't just be going for best team there well, because it may not help you. Yeah, let, let's go back to that first example with DeAndre Swift, some other running backs that are probably going in that range. If, if we could just look it up right now, I think that to me would kind of break the rule. Um, hmm of like let's look here deandre swift is going in the same okay so deandre swift right now is going as the 12th overall player in fantasy mm-hmm. football yep I, I you know i would take our guy cam Akers over him no suspension alvin Kamara over him leonard Fournette over him what do all those guys have in common they're on some high-powered offenses in the national football league that to me is kind of where the rule comes into effect with the earlier rounds as, as opposed to later ones like you just said yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at, you're also looking at some of these, um, especially in the top twenty. You're pretty much looking at that, you know, great offenses. You're looking at a lot of Tampa. 
looking at Dallas, you're looking at Buffalo, you're looking at Kansas City, uh, San Francisco to an extent. You're, you're looking at good offenses that you should see a lot of points coming out of. But I think maybe a great example here could be like if Saquon Barkley were to fall. Saquon Barkley is sitting at 25. He's going in round three right now. If Saquon Barkley some way, somehow were to make it out of round three and into the early part of round four, and you're sitting there with a with a debate on whether to take someone like, let, let's just say for arguments, Keenan Allen. You know, would you take Keenan Allen? Well, I no, actually, I would take Keenan Allen or Saquon Barkley. So that, that argument is kind of dead. Josh Jacobs, that's a great example. Josh Jacobs should be on a, on a good team in, in Vegas. He's going 42nd overall. Are you going to take Josh Jacobs over Saquon Barkley? Not a chance. I would. I would contemplate it. You'd contemplate it. Would you actually have the stones to do it? Not now. No. Not exactly. Not, now. Not right I, now. I think another good example with the pass catchers, if if you know, we were starting with running backs, is kind of like that late forties, fifties turn. There's a guy like DJ Moore out there at forty nine, catching passes from Sam Darnold. You look at the guys going after him on good teams. There's Mike Williams, Justin Herbert. <laughs> Uh, Darren Waller, obviously a whole different position, but it's still a pass catcher. Allen Robinson at 59. And then you have the Cortland Sutton, Renfro, those kind of guys that are on better offenses. I think that's when, you know, you're out, you're up there picking at 49, you know, early 50s. If DJ Moore happens to go around, around later, it's kind of tough to pass on the value, especially in full PPR. That's kind of yeah. what happened to me last year with DJ Moore too. And I was kind of kicking myself for it, but – you know, it is what it is. Yeah, he's he's always tricky though to analyze DJ Moore, and I'm a DJ Moore guy because he's the like touchdowns. the ultimate. Yeah, it's the touchdowns, but he's always going to be pretty consistent season to season with the with the receptions. Week to week is another thing because he 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 the, can the big kill breakout you just has not really no hasn't came Mm-mm, no, and I mean, do we really see that breakout coming with Sam Darnold or Matt Corral? No. No, I don't. I don't either. He's just—he's very boring. He'll be very safe, but just not a guy that's going to win you a fantasy mm, football league. No, that, that's where I go. That's also how I do a lot of my rankings and a lot of my drafting. Is I think of how is this guy going to win me a championship? Mm-hmm. I don't care about week three or I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for guys that will help me win and have by far the best team in the league type of outlook with things. Who's the guy that's going to be? your ceiling play. Who's the guy that's not going to be, it's not about who are the guys to get me to the playoffs. And, it's and the it guy comes about to a, who's going to get me to a championship. Yes. And it comes with a certain extent. Like last year, Trey Sermon was just reckless yeah. in the fifth round. Like that, that type of guy was the the classic. Oh, maybe the, if he's the guy, if he's the guy, uh, that's, that's too much to, to a, uh, a degree. If you think about a guy, maybe later in the drafts, like, uh, for like a good one here. Just think like who is like a guy, like a league winner late in drafts, like someone really late, um, like James Connor, kind of last year. Oh, we're talking about we're talking about last year, James Connor, last year yeah. and in recent years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, James Connor, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt. I know wasn't uh, Cam Akers kind of later too his rookie year, kind of. Yeah, but he he had that he had he really had his for the rookie year he had that big game against the jets and that was just kind of it oh the rookie year he had the big game on thursday night oh that's a lot right, of people that's fantasy right, leagues that's right that's right, that's right. Hey, makers was terrible right. against the jets the jets won that game how could i forget 
So maybe it was the, the Thursday night. It was, night the, it was a Thursday nighter against out. New England. Yeah, that's the year. one. Yep, he had the one, one against Seattle. He had a bunch. He won. He won at a lot of people fantasy leagues that year. I think I was one of the ones that was. I think that was yeah. my that was my Cam Akers crusade year. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure. Cam, my guy, kind Love of like him. a Javante last year. It was like a good swing. Yeah, it didn't yeah. lose you anything. Probably won you some things too if you made it far enough. Right. Um. And this year it's just well, I mean Jamar Chase. Chase, yep, that's a good example. Like that's a good calculation right there. Like Trey Sermon was was just no stupid. It was stupid. just stupid. It, it really was. Because we also we also all know that Kyle Shanahan hates fantasy football just as much as Mike Frable does. I don't think that's that's possible to hate it worse than more than Mike Vrabel does and what he did to us last year. Is a disgrace. It really is. What, a what he did to us last year was a disgrace. Just never seemed to pick a running back. Nope. Nope. And he never will. He never will. This is Derrick Henry. It's and, not Derrick Henry. Yeah. And he just refused to play Jeremy McNichols on more than third downs because he said he really likes what he does on third down. Well, he liked him as a pass catcher. Here's a thought maybe play him more. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe give him an opportunity to run instead of giving it to fossilize Adrian Peterson. That's, that's, that's or, a thought. Deontay Foreman. How can we forget about him? Oh, good. Can't God. wait for him to become a big waiver ad. Oh, when, McCaff- when, Christian, when Christian McCaffrey goes out in week five. Yep. And then th- there's Deontay Foreman. No, but you know what, Jake? Because I'm not going to have Christian McCaffrey this year. McCaffrey's you're not going to have to play. Going to play all 17 weeks, all 17 games, all, all 18 weeks. He's going to be a fucking star. All because I don't have him again. And he'll be he'll be firm. He'll be firmly on the on the hit list. Yeah. Very much. Pretty, that's how it goes. Center. He'll he'll replace Alvin Kamara on the hit list, or Joe Mixon. No, 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 no. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is my child. I love. Joe just, Mixon. just please, like steer clear this year. Just l- let him be. Um. Well, I am going to find out uh, another spot for uh, where I will be drafting on Sunday. I will. I will find out. Hopefully, so, it's not in that range. Hopefully, it's not at the back. Because if if it is at the back, then it might be Joe Mixon time. Or it might Matt, be Devon, it might be Devontae Adams too. You never know. Yeah, because maybe I want the Devontae Adams Derek Carr stack. Quite possible. All right, let's do it. There is a just a whole list of guys that we could that we could choose from here for who the best values are after round five. Who are the guys that we think are going to win people championship is kind of the way that I'm looking at it. Uh, Jake, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I can go first. I found a guy right away. Go ahead. Cause I, I have one as well. So go ahead. I'm going to go with uh, Rashad Bateman all the way at 78. I think that's the type of guy where you look back and you say, how the hell did Rashad Bateman go at 78 next year? He could be going in the top 50, maybe even, well within the top 50 maybe dare i even say like top 30 ish maybe could be this year's debo samuel maybe could be. but i just look at the the opportunity in baltimore outside of mark andrews who are the other pass catchers in that baltimore offense is it all going to be mark andrews no right there's still devin duvernay there's boykin there who are these guys outside of Rashad Bateman who the Ravens drafted in the first round? He had the injury last year. There was Hollywood there kind of takes Ravens like a year or so. It's, it's very tough to burst onto the scene as a rookie with the Baltimore Ravens. We've seen plenty of guys in the past do this. Like Ray Rice was slow coming on. 
Uh, he didn't play much the first year or two as a, as a rookie. And even Mark Andrews, to a much lesser extent, wasn't really that impactful as a rookie. It kind of uh, took he him split, a year. He split as a rookie with, with Hayden Hurst. And, and Nick Boyle was there as well. That's true, yeah. So it, it's a tough system to crack right away. I think with the full offseason of OTAs, mini camp, a healthy training camp, and ready to go week one, I think Bateman could be could emerge to be that that guy for Lamar Jackson. Like we said, we love good teams, right? I think the Ravens are going to score a good amount of points this season. Do we trust Lamar enough as a thrower to his receivers? We know he could do it with Mark Andrews, well, but look do at Hollywood we think he could do year. it with, with receivers consistently? Well, well, Hollywood was pretty close to set it and forget it last year. He was close. For a good point, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say super consistently for, though. For a good for a good part of last year, we were playing Hollywood with no concerns. Like the, I would say, it's the first half of the year, and then I think it was the second half is when he tailed off big time. Yeah, and and Hollywood is a lot different of a receiver though than, than Rashad Bateman. Hollywood's sure. kind of like that one trick pony. He can obviously catch the deep ball. I think Bateman is much better route uh, route runner than Hollywood was, and a better mm-hmm. rounded receiver with the hands and everything else. So Hollywood had a huge problem with catching the football too at big the, time. In the second half of the season. We can't, can't forget that one. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really big on Bateman. I think the situation is perfect. I think I really like the player as as just the talent. You, you also have to be good at football. So, listen, seventh round, maybe even eighth round if he falls, I'm I'm all in uh, on Rashad Bateman this year. I think that's the type of guy that can win you a fantasy football league. At that price, I think it's definitely worth a little bit of a step. Uh, I think that definitely could be uh, worthwhile to try and go and plunge and maybe take that swing on a guy, on a guy like Rashad Bateman. Uh, let's play America's favorite game. Shall we? Let's uh, do a little, would you rather here? So would you rather Rashad Bateman or Juju? Bateman. Give me Juju. Give me Juju. Close there's up. Pass, there's a lot of pass catchers now in Kansas City. There are. There are a lot, but I do trust Mahomes to get Juju enough of the ball. Bateman or Hollywood? Bateman. Give me Hollywood barely. Just because of no Hopkins. Hopkins, yeah, Hopkins or Bateman. Even with the suspension. With the suspension, you have to go Bateman, but, I mean, if it was a full season, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, if it's obviously a full season, Hopkins I, I, I just, I'm not receiver. taking I'm not taking a guy. I'm not doing it again this year like I did last year, Michael. I'm not doing that with, where they can't play for the first six. I'm not doing that again. I, I refuse to put myself wasting a roster spot for a guy. Agreed. Can't do it. Rashad Bateman or Darnell Mooney? Bateman. It's not even close. Bateman for me. Bateman for me, it's not close. Bateman or Elijah, give me, give me more. Our friend. Oof. Very close. There's a one spot difference for me in the ranks. In full PPR, give me, give me, give me more. Full PPR, give me more. Half and non, give me Bateman. Yeah, it's that's very close. Those are, those are kind of like the two guys that I'm I'm really looking to. I really want to own like one or both of them in drafts, if that makes sense. Here's another one I think I think is very very close. Rashad Bateman or Gabe Davis? I don't think that's close. I'm not rostering Gabe Davis this year at that. Very interesting. I think Bateman. I think Bateman is to the moon. 
compared to Gabe. I'm not. That is ridiculous for a guy that had two good, a few good games last year. Okay, so Gabe Davis at his current price, he's going 66th overall right now. Crazy. That's criminal. That is. That's like that's like a last place team right there that takes him. Agreed. At that price, yes. Criminal. Like if it was like if it was in like the 80s or 90s. Okay, I'm intrigued, but no. Come on, my man. That that is like two rounds or three rounds too early for me. I'll give you one more. Rashad Bateman or Traylon Burks? Bateman. Give me Bateman. I think Robert Woods will be a lot better than people think this year for Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. If he plays the full season, obviously if he's missing like five or six games. I think he'll play for a good portion of the year, though. Woods is apparently recovering well, and it was in November. It wasn't like it was like late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I got two guys that I definitely want to, wanted to talk about. They were to top of my list in terms of, uh, in terms of values here, but uh, I'm going to go with a guy that I have ranked inside my top 20 at his respective position. And he's being drafted in the eighth round right now. That's Brandon cooks of the Houston Texans. How he's being drafted in the eighth round is a literal mystery to me. Because Davis Mills and him, they got along really, really well last year. And all signs are pointing towards that Davis Mills is going to be the starter for the Houston Texans. They want to give him a crack to become the franchise guy there. And Brandon Cooks, he's there for the long term. He got paid in the offseason, got a new contract extension. And he's their number one guy. He is their number one guy. He's going to be involved. There's no doubt about it. And Brandon Cooks, very, very quietly was excellent a year ago for the Houston Texans, a team that everyone was very, very, very quick to write off. But a 1,000-yard season, six touchdowns, has two straight 1,000-yard seasons for the Houston Texans. And there's no reason to think at age 28, going into his age 29 season, that Brandon Cooks can't go and do it again. So, yeah. If you're telling me there's a guy that's going to be a thousand plus yards, six touchdowns sitting there in round eight. Yes, please. And thank you. It depends how my team is kind of structured for me to take Brandon cooks. If that makes sense. If I go very heavy with the running backs early on. Yes, because I kind of want that safety and that consistency at receive. I don't think he's really going to like shatter his ADP, if that makes sense. He'll definitely play better than where he's being drafted, in my opinion. But is he a guy that you'll draft in the seventh round or eighth round and you'll say, how the hell wasn't he like a second round pick? No, he's not. He'll probably play like Mm -hmm. what the guys in like the, you know, fifth, sixth round type. That that was what I'm saying. That was my range. So my team is five. So my team is very running back centric. I need that stability at receiver. Right. But if I'm splashing on like that, running back slash receiver second round. See what I'm saying? Like that back and forth type of thing. Like eh, I kind of want somebody with a little bit higher of a ceiling because let's face it, how high is the ceiling really in the, in that Texans offense? Sure. But like I said, it, it depends how my board is falling and what I'm really doing to build my team. But I agree. If, if you're looking for somebody to outperform his ADP by, you know, let's just say like one to three rounds, I think that's a really safe bet for Brandon cooks. Who's, who's being slept on yet again this year. Amon Ross St. Brown, Mike Williams, Hunter Renfro, Darnell Mooney, DeAndre Hopkins, Gabe Davis, Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster, Elijah Moore, Michael Thomas are all going ahead 
of Brandon Cooks right now. I have Brandon Cooks above every last one of them. I disagree. I disagree on a few of them. Like Michael Thomas. I hate, I really hate to say it. I'm, I'm, I probably won't be the guy to take it, take this, this type of risk, but I'm sorry. They're going to score a lot of points this year. You're just, if, take, you're, I you're just digging see, the saints and I, 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 I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, huge eh. on the saints. I'm hu- very huge on the, I need to see Michael Thomas like practice first in training camp and like play some preseason games. I, mm-hmm. I, I must advise, but if he's playing in the preseason, he's in camp, he's practicing. I, I'm, I'll be a lot more in on Michael Thomas, if that makes sense. So I don't, I haven't heard anything yet to I sway me otherwise. It's been all quiet. So exactly. But yes, I think the saints are going to, I think the saints are a great bet to win that division this year. I hate to say it. Uh, I would still, I would still take, I would still take that, uh, that for, very, for very, 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 very awful man in Tampa to, to get it Who, done. The saints, the saints beat him every single time in the regular season. It was a Jared <laughs> cook fumble away from beating him in the postseason as well. The value is good. The value is good. If you are a, uh, if you are a, a, a and, and let's man. not forget Jameis Winston has supported a, a good amount of characters as pass catchers in fantasy football in his past. That's true. That is very true. Uh, Jake, next one. Now, again, there's a good amount of guys here. I, I, I find it funny because I think the value is so much better here. I find like more guys I want to talk about, whereas in the top 50, I'm like, oh, I hate that. That's too early. You know what I'm saying? So let's go with what do you want, a running back or receiver next? Dealer. Uh... We'll do a running back. We'll do a running back because we've done two receivers, and I, okay. I have a running back up next as well. I, again, maybe this is just because of the team and obviously what they did this offseason, but Damian Harris at 85, did people not see enough last year to be sold on Damian Harris? I get it. They did draft Pierre Strong, and they still have Ramondre Stevenson, and I think they drafted another running back, too. I think it was another guy, Harris, I think is his last name, and James White. I get it. The situation is kind of a mess behind him. But wouldn't it behoove Bill Belichick and whoever the hell is running the offense over there nowadays to feed Damian Harris the ball because they were most successful last year on offense when they were giving Damian Harris a steady dosage of carries? Maybe. So I, I think it's kind of an offense where – I don't think Mac Jones is ever going to really throw the ball more than like 25, 30 times a game. It's going to be a lot of ground and pound. So they might use multiple running backs. But at the end of the day, I think Damian Harris is still a very safe bet to get a minimum of anywhere between like 15 to 20 touches, maybe even more a game. And in that offense, yeah, I'll take it. And yeah, James White too with the receiver. But in PPR, the, the ceiling is is capped. That's the only thing with him. You stole mine. You bastard. You stole mine. Yeah. I mean, David Harris is a, is a fantastic shout. I mean, yeah. Is he going to give you the PPR upside? Absolutely not. But if you want a guy that's going to be eight, nine, ten touchdowns, maybe get you a thousand yards, you can promise be some level of health, be in an offense that you know wants to establish the run and run the ball not necessarily put so much responsibility on Mac Jones' shoulders, then yes, that's that's your guy that you need to try and go and target. And if he's being drafted in the range where we're talking about you're drafting maybe your third or your fourth running back, ideally your fourth, you can get Damian Harris your fourth running back. Uh, yeah, I would happily do that. I think it's fantastic if you could tell, if you could tell me that. 
and you won't have to handcuff him either. It's 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 really a, a perfect sort of storm. Um, I do have Damian Harris just outside my top twenty four, but at twenty six, I'm I'm fine with that. I in round eight, yes, please. Or round nine, yes, please. I'm I'm good with that. Seriously. Could be could be like a Leonard Fournette from last year too, honestly. So to a much lesser extent, but yeah, to a much lesser extent, but yes. And you know, you have the two if, rookies going if, above him, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, if, if Miles we get Sanders. The, if we get the Damian Harris from last year, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna tell me coming into 2022 that at the end of the season. Damian Harris is going to be because the touchdown number is going to regress 15 touchdowns from last year. That number is coming down. Yes. I think he's looking for his cash as well. Don't quote me on it. I think he, he might be he he's looking for his cash. And I think that kind of like coincides because with the Patriots are never paying a running back. Right. That's probably why they drafted some rookies. To yeah. Kind not of, happening. And we remember Damian Harris took him a, a year or two. I get granted due to injuries for a large part, but. Um, maybe the Patriots are kind of just setting up the foundation for the future at running back, learn the offense a little bit. And then once Damian Harris leaves for more money, that then they become the guy. And we love guys playing for cash. And Oh, yes, we do. Those first contracts, those are very, very, very nice. So, But if you could tell me that Damian Harris gets maybe a little uptick on the yards, he played in 15 games a year ago. Maybe he stays at 15 games, gets more more rushing yards. And the touchdowns come down. So maybe he maybe he's still a double touchdown guy, maybe 10, 11 touchdowns. Even if he gets nine, you're still you're still that's great value in round nine. You're good with that because you're not relying on Damian Harris to start week in, week out. So that's a guy that you're just gonna plug in on your bench. You're gonna spot start him when you need to. And if he scores, that's a great day. That's a great day. You're getting a nice return out of that from a guy that you're taking in round nine. Damian Harris or Miles Sanders? Damian Harris. Damian Harris for me as well. It's not particularly close. Damian Harris or Kenneth Walker? I was going to shout Walker out because I think Walker will be the workhorse back and could be a popular league winner this year. I think he's way too talented. So I'm going to lean with Walker, but that's kind of like swinging for the fences, if that makes sense. I would go Harris, but I do see the appeal with with Walker. I just think Walker in late round eight is kind of like – it might be a mess early on with Walker. That's my only concern. Yep. But I, I just don't see Walker being the guy right, right, right away. I agree. Anyway. I think if you draft Walker, you must be patient with him. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's he's a Javante Williams. We say we say it you know all the time with these rookie running backs where you got to wait, 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 wait. Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Kenneth Walker, and Brees Hall is is very they're very much in the same boat. Uh, Damian Harris or Devin Singletary. Damian Harris, that's not even close. Damian Harris for me as well. Damian Harris or Elijah Mitchell? Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell for me as well. Damian Harris or J.K. Dobbins? Dobbins for now. Dobbins for me as well. This will be the year Dobbins will break out because I'm not going to roster him anywhere, And of course, right? Perfect. So when I I have J.K. Dobbins... You don't take J.K. Dobbins ever again. I won't take Joe Mixon ever again. We'll call it, we'll call it a fair trade. Yeah. Listen, if you see Devontae Freeman or, or Latavius Murray. If Devontae go, Freeman or Latavius Murray go back to Baltimore, I'm running for the goddamn hills. Remember when uh, Devontae Freeman was oh – I can't believe that was a thing last that year. Was, that was a thing. That was, was a thing, thing that happened. That was, was a, a thing. thing that happened. And Latavius Murray 
And like he was always the guy in trades that was like, no, 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 please, God, no. Damien Harris or Kareem Hunt? Damien like Harris. Hunt. I do like Kareem Hunt. Um, give me Damien Harris though. Damien Harris for me as well. And what about in full? Full scores a lot of touchdowns. Would you rather the it's, touchdown it's, upside, the receiving upside in full? It's really close. The floor is so much safer with Hunt and PPR. So I'm gonna learn. Uh, I'm gonna lean with Kareem Hunt just because that the, the, the floor with him in, in full PPR is extremely safe. Give me Kareem Hunt in full PPR, and that's not close. That's not close for me. Yeah. Uh, give you one more. Damian Harris or AJ Dillon? Damian Harris. Damian Harris for me as well. AJ AJ Dillon is going 20 spots higher than Damian Harris. I know. I, I... that's that's yucky to me. Yeah. For what for what it's worth, um, another another value sleeper, whatever we're we're gonna call this, um, I want to I want to give a tight end a shout out here. Not I, Dalton. I, I, <laughs> Dalton yeah, Schultz. I, I'm that we, not gonna, that we I'm talk not gonna, about on a weekly basis. Yeah, I'm not gonna say Dalton Schultz because Dalton Schultz is yeah. I think most of the people that listen to this. Podcast I, I do see that, that the uh, the the hype on Dawson Knox has kind of calmed down a little bit. It has. It Thank has. God. Yeah, they probably exactly. realize that like, if you take away like half the touchdowns, he's probably close to being on waivers. Pretty much. Um, a sleeper for me at the tight, at the tight end position, because yeah, I was, I was going to say Damien Harris and you stole him. Um, I'm going to go with Noah Fant from the it's an easy one, yeah. Seattle Seahawks. And I mean, you're, you're taking him in round 13. That's nothing. That's a guy where if he doesn't pan out in three weeks, you can cut him no problem. But all signs are pointing towards Drew Locke is going to be a starter. And what do we say on this podcast all the time as it pertains to Drew Locke? His first read is yeah. Noah Fant. The navigation is literally just on Noah Fant. Yep. And that's why I'm a little down on DK Metcalf. I'm very down on Tyler Lockett. But Noah Fant, you're taking him. I have him as a top 12 tight end. He's in that streamer pool. If you're telling me Gronk is going to be back, which I do think he's going to be, I know Jake does as well, then no offense will be outside of my top 12. Then, yeah, he'd be a great, great candidate to, if you're taking, let's say you have, you're taking a Dawson Knox, you're taking a Zach Ertz, and you want to take a second tight end, I think Noah Fant is a great candidate to have on your bench, a second tight end, someone with a significant amount of upside given who the quarterback is uh, in town. But if he loses Drew Locke, if Drew Locke is benched for Geno Smith, or if Geno Smith starts the year ahead of Drew Locke, then Noah Fan's value absolutely takes a big hit. I think Drew Locke is starting the year there. I do too. I think I think they want to see if they might have something in him for, for whatever reason. I'm just still surprised Baker's not going there, man. Like That's like the one team where it makes sense for Baker for like a one-year tryout type I agree. of thing. That's like, where's Baker playing this year? If it's not, sorry to get off topic, but. If it's not Seattle, it has to be Carolina, but. I don't think so either then, there. Yeah. Where, I, I don't know where he goes. Like Atlanta would maybe make a little bit of sense. Maybe. Other than that, there is just. Houston. You know, it'd be great for Baker. It'd be Miami. I think he's better than Tua. I mean, not obviously not for me being a Jet fan, but I think that would be a great spot. For Baker. It, would be a great, it would be a great spot for him. It really would. Houston makes Houston makes a lot of sense. Maybe Indianapolis makes some level of sense. 
Nah. Maybe San Francisco if they move off Garoppolo. Maybe, but how bad of a look would that be on Lance? I know. That's the problem. Is there a world where he stays in Cleveland if Deshaun no. Watson's like suspended for four now? There's no. like not even I do I personally don't think so. That would just make I, a bad situation way, way, way worse. That that's weird because like what if they start off the year with three and one with Baker? Exactly. Which is what do you possible. Do? What do you do? You're you're gonna bring back Deshaun Watson and be like, okay, Baker, thank you for your service. We're done with you. The, I think maybe the Giants. Hmm. That's a shout. Maybe. That's a shout. They really don't want the cap space though to swallow that type of contract. No, unless they're unless they're trading Daniel Jones. I mean, that's not that's not a terrible shout. Give Jones like four. I mean, do the Browns want to take back it? It's it's tricky. I almost kind of feel bad for Baker. Oh, I definitely feel bad for Baker. I kind of do. Because he's stuck. He's really stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And he and they they screwed him big time. They they could have they could have moved him to another team before the draft and made things mm -hmm. easier and just. And now it's like, well, there's nowhere. It's either you just you can't even have him sit on the bench at this point. Something tells me that I just don't think Baker's going to show up. He might be like a Deshaun Watson from last year. He could be. I wouldn't blame him. Yikes. Maybe an injury. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a dicey situation for sure. I mean, what if Deshaun, like, God forbid, something happens to him throughout the year? Like, can you imagine? Baker comes in to save the day. I don't think he would. No, I don't think he would either. I don't think he would. I don't think he would, and I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. All right. Him. We'll get back on track. I'm sorry. Um, another value for you, please. Another value for me is I'll stick with inside the top 100 before I get to- towards my later. Did anyone forget that Adam Thielen is like still like playing at a high level? You stole another one of mine. Yep. Like 80. Really? Like, why are we that sour on Adam Thielen? Like Kirk Cousins has always supported two fantasy relevant receivers. All of a sudden, is that is that did Adam Thielen like decline a decent amount last year? Did, when he played, I mean, I get it. The injuries are kind of like uh, a little – they're annoying. But they're not like lingering injuries, if that makes sense. No, I mean, there are other, there are other guys going in Adam Thielen's range as well that have a ton of injury concerns. I mean, you're going to tell me that we're going to have someone like – well, Tyler Lockett has his own performance-related issues. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk has his own performance-related issues. Guys oh, he does even, even even above someone like someone like Juju going into a brand new situation. Gabe Davis, who had two good games. I even I even think Jerry Judy is ridiculous for going that high over him. Sure, sure. Gabe Davis, is- even Cortland Sutton, even Cortland Sutton, who's been on and off the field. I love Sutton this year. I was consi- I've was i talked about him a lot, but you I really love Sutton this year. I think Sutton's going to absolutely kill it this year. That That's a Russell uh, Westbrook, Russell Wilson type of receiver, and honestly, a little bit of a sleeper dart throw. I'll get a po- I was going to point this out later. KJ Hamler, a little enticing a little later bit. on in my drafts. A little bit. Because Hamler as, was looking good last year, too, before he got hurt. As a dart throw, I don't mind it. I don't and mind also it. another one. What is Darnell Mooney doing of that really i have no idea the whole no the whole darnell mooney chicago bears thing i don't i don't love um take a guess where is kj hamler going right now in dress undrafted probably 
Yep. Or close to it. 260th overall. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, that's the type of guy that, like, kind of intrigues me. Like, the last, like, pick or two of my draft. Because yeah. he did come out and say recently he wants to be the Tyler Lockett with Russell Wilson. And honestly, he's their best deep threat. He is. He is. So, uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I, There's I, like a late I, round dart throw. Fuck it. I'm ready to find. I'm be, I'd be willing to find out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, it's worth a shot. And if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you next next to nothing to, uh, to do anyway. Um, All right. Since you you took two of mine, I'm going to take one of yours. We both love him. We both want him to be the greatest running back of all time. Damian Pierce, Houston Texans. The bold prediction that I have here is that Damian Pierce will be the starter by week four in Houston, and he'll be the main ball carrier for the Houston Texans. Being drafted right now at 140th overall. Yep. That's a perfect, perfect guy to go and target. And I said it even before the draft. Whomever is the running back for the Houston Texans coming out of this draft, because they were going to draft a running back at some point, as long as it was in the first three rounds, I'd be good with it. They did. They took Damian Pierce in round two. Yes, yes, please, and thank you. What does Rex Burkhead provide? What does Marlon Mack provide? Nothing. Nothing at this stage. Yeah. Give Damian Pierce the run. He's the young guy, has no miles on his tires. Use him. Use him. See what you have in him. And being drafted 140th overall, 15th round. Yep. I'm good with that. I'm absolutely good with that. And any free agent running back out there, please, 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 please stay away. Now, if David Johnson goes back to the Texans, that will be uh, frightening. Yeah. I really can't sum it up. I love Damian Pierce a lot this year. I actually just thought of an interesting scenario right now. With uh, just looking through the list, sure, please share. If you if you really if I know you really, we both love this guy a lot, and we were very upset by some recent developments. You could really pull off the uh, the handcuff with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in drafts. I'm just putting it out there. You could. You could, but it can be an annoying thing, though. It, it oh, really, it would be very annoying. Because one of them, because they kind of both have standalone value, mm-hmm. so that could become annoying. But yeah. I, I, I'm a little surprised Melvin Gordon's going that late. To be honest with you, I'm not gonna lie. I think he's gonna rise just because his name is Melvin Gordon. I think people are gonna see him, you know, that late. They're gonna remember the situation from a year ago, and they're gonna say, "Yeah, Melvin Gordon is gonna be someone that comes up boards a little bit." And I think he's he's a he's a value right now. To be completely honest. I, 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 it makes me sad. It makes, makes me, me just, just terribly sad. And it, it makes me, you know, really want to go into a corner and, and, and curl and, up on a ball and cry. But that's the, it's the truth. It's the truth. Here's another good one. I mean, it depends what you, with your level of confidence in this quarterback, but I mean, did, did Jacksonville pay Christian Kirk all that money just not to throw him the football this year? Um, I would hope not. So I'm looking here, 112th overall, outside the top 100, one of the highest paid receivers in football first year. With Trevor, we think Trevor Lawrence is pretty good. Think their offense would be much improved this year in Jacksonville. I think it's worth a gamble. It's worth a stab. It's it's worth a stab. I do like Christian Kirk though in more in non and half than I do in full. I don't see Christian Kirk becoming this, you know, hundred hundred five catch receiver. 
But can I see a, a, a world where Christian Kirk becomes an 85, 90 catch receiver, 1,000 plus yards, seven, eight touchdowns? Yeah, I absolutely can. And you're forgetting that guy in round 12? Yeah, I'm good. I think they will try their absolute best to make, to justify the Christian Kirk. Like, it's not like he's not going to be, he's going to be in the game plan every week. I mean, they paid him all that money for a reason. He just needs to stay on the field. That's always been a thing. Yeah. If he could stay on the field, he's going to be involved because they have to show that they gave out that contract for good reason. If he's not on the field or if they're not using him, that contract is going to be one of the worst contracts that has ever been given out in the history of football. And the Washington football team at the time, Washington, our words, gave Albert Haynes worth $100 million. This would be worse. Way worse. Categorically worse. Because Albert Hainsworth actually had a track record. He was one of the best interior rushing D linemen in the NFL when he signed with Washington. Had a reputation for being lazy, but still when he played, he played when he was in Tennessee. Christian Kirk, there's real no body of work to go off of. That's the problem. Yep. So it's Agreed. like it's like, you know, what what do you really have with somebody like that? Um a sleeper for me. I didn't. I have not mentioned a a quarterback yet, and so I think this is the time that I'm going to go and I'm going to mention a quarterback just to show the quarterback some love. And I'm going to go Derek Carr for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm not going to say Derek Carr for the ceiling because Derek Carr's ceiling is always going to be very limited. He's going to be very boring. But if you're looking for a guy that you want to just have as a starting option and then pair him with somebody else, I think Derek Carr is a great guy to do that with. Because really, you know, if you're looking at the quarterbacks, right, if I could just pull up the uh, current chart for the quarterbacks, you're really looking at Jalen Hurts at 82nd overall as guys that I would feel comfortable about only drafting one quarterback with. So it's like Jalen Hurts, Stafford, Wilson, Brady, and then the rest of the guys, your Dax, Kyler's, Lamar's, Burrow, so on, so on, so on. Derek Carr is one of those guys that if you're telling me you could pair Derek Carr with a, if Deshaun Watson is suspended four games, Deshaun Watson being drafted 109th overall, take Derek Carr, you take Deshaun Watson. Boom. You have Derek Carr for a couple of weeks until Deshaun Watson comes back. You're chilling. You want to take Derek Carr with Kirk Cousins. Cool because Kirk Cousins will be asked a million more times in the mailbag this year. And I can't wait for mailbag. Can't wait. Oh, it's so great. (laughs) Kirk Cousins, start of the week. It brings a a smile to my face. I am begging. I am begging. The first mailbag of the year, the first question better be, Jalen Hurts or Kirk Cousins? Or Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins? Please. It's crazy. I'm on my knees. Thinking about Jimmy. I am on my knees i'm begging but like a Derek carr with a if you want to if you want to see what ryan Tannehill is about sure Derek but, carr with a zach wilson yeah no hang on so too much i do love zach wilson obviously but let me tell you guys let me tell you because we're talking about quarterbacks and sleepers because sure. you're gonna say this name and i know it who do you think i'm thinking about right now someone that i think i'm going to say not Trey Lance. No. Let's gonna say you don't know me well enough by now. Oh. Oh. Is it a friend of ours? A friend yes. of the program. 
Does he happen to play his football in the state of Louisiana? Yep. Dude, uh, hey. I, I am telling you right now, there will be a team of mine this year that Jameis Winston is my starting quarterback heading into the season. Oh, yep. I am very much <laughs> with you. I think if you pair Jameis with like Kirk Derek Cousins. Carr. Or Derek, Derek Carr is another one. Yes, like a Perfect. Carr, Cousins. Give me another guy. Uh, Tannehill. I'm Tua. Kind of done. No See, Tua. I think no, Tua no is. Tua. No, no Tua. Tua is worthy of a shout when you're pairing him with someone like Jameis just because of the weapons that Tua is going to have. Fair. Gesicki, Tyreek, Waddle. It's worth it's worth the gamble, and you're taking yes. him as the 17th quarterback. The, the other board. names you mentioned, though, were, were a little bit more of like what I had in mind. I, Deshaun Watson. Okay, that's obviously Deshaun. Yes, uh, obviously that. But like Jamison, Jamison, somebody with I know. I'm pretty sure I know what I'm getting with Jameis, but I'm not really like a thousand percent sure. But like Jameis and somebody that we know what they will bring, and that's a good string, like Kirk Cousins and and company. how about Aaron Rodgers? Well, it depends where Rodgers falls because every year we seem to do this with Aaron Rodgers, where everybody's down on him, down on him, and then all of a sudden he's in the sixties, ninety fourth overall right now. That's not. I I would bet a good good sum that Aaron Rodgers is the above the 94th overall consensus pick in fantasy football this year. I would say so. I think eventually the ADP is going to come around and him and and probably Carr will be above Trey Lance. I don't I'm not sure about Carr. I think Rodgers a, a thousand percent. I think Carr will be especially cuz Carr and Lance right now there's only a five five spot difference between the two and if there's still no clarity on the whole san francisco situation then there's going to be no choice yeah maybe i agree all right so we could have time for one more one more each so jake go ahead i was gonna wrap it up with Jameis, but um honestly it, it, it kind of hurts me to say this because I absolutely hate the situation, but just inside the top 100 or the 100th overall player, and that's Drake London. Mm. I think that's really good value for a guy that was the first receiver drafted. I get it. We don't really love Marcus Mariota, but let's not forget the last time Mar- Marcus Mariota was a starter in fantasy football, Delaney Walker was fantasy relevant. Yep. And who was Rashard Matthews was Rashard another Matthews. one, right? Yep. So those two guys were fantasy relevant with Marcus Mariota reunited with Arthur Smith. And like we said, drafted him as the first receiver. We like Drake London a lot coming out of the draft. There's really not much other competition outside of Kyle Pitts for targets in Green Bay, unless we uh, not Green Bay, um, Atlanta, unless we want to get on the Geronimo Allison uh, hype train or any of these other characters they brought in. So nope, I'm good. Um, yeah. So I think it's either, I think it's going to be a heavy dosage of Kyle Pitts and Drake London, their first round picks from the last two years with Arthur Smith. Uh, last one for me, I'm going to go with Alan Lazard in in Green yeah. Bay. I'm just going to keep bashing the head on this one. I, I think drafting both him and Christian Watson is the smartest thing you could possibly do. I couldn't agree more. I draft both of them if you can. Christian Watson going 135th overall, Alan Lazard going 131st overall. If you're sitting, if you're sitting in the back in round 14 and you have back-to-back picks and you need receivers, take Lazard, take Watson, 
Hopefully one of them becomes number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers. And, and boom, I think you have yourself a fucking gold mine. And I think drafting Aaron Rodgers would be a great pick if you're going to draft both of them sure. with, with, the, with the potential stack. I mean, you're telling me you can get Aaron Rodgers and his number one receiver potentially. I think I'm okay with that. And oh, if they're both good, guess what? You that. And if they're both good, because we've seen Aaron Rodgers support two fantasy receivers before mm-hmm. in the past, right? With Donald Driver, Jordy, Jordy, Jordy Nelson, Nelson, Randall Cobb, Greg, Greg Jennings is another mm-hmm. one. So he's supported multiple outlets of, of fantasy value. It's just the problem outside of the Lazard recent emergence from later in last year was Marquez Valdez-Scantling couldn't catch the ball, and the other characters just weren't very good. So he had no choice but to feed Devontae Adams. So I think that's a great shot right there. And if they're both good and you don't want to play two good receivers from the same team, guess what? You trade one of them and fill an area of need. Correct. If they both pan out, then you're really chilling. But you get one that completely just blows up then guess what? You're going to be in a really good position because we always say top of the draft is where you lose your league. You never win your league at the top. You always lose it. But middle and at the bottom is where you win your league. So it's very, very important to really hit on those mid to late round picks if you are, uh, if you are of course, interested in winning fantasy football leagues, which is why you listen to this podcast. And that is going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a five-star review, tell us how much you loved the program. A little programming note for this week. Adam and I will be back tomorrow. We're doing a Basement Talk Podcast. Uh, Jake and I will be back next week where we will be doing a Basement Talk Podcast. We will actually be doing a Basement Talk Podcast general mailbag so if you have any questions that you want to submit we're recording that this wednesday night that'll be out on monday so if you have any questions for that email is in the description send in your questions about anything anything sport related anything life related whatever the fuck you want to put in there do it it's there we will be doing that on monday so is it fine great time we love our values and please go out and draft dalton schultz in round nine you'll thank us later for jake i'm bird thank you so much for listening to this talk podcast fantasy show and we'll catch you on the next one love you guys bye bye